I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we have reclaiming half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And this is episode five. Yay! Yeah, this is, I can't believe we're already at episode five. It seems to that we've recorded five billion more episodes than we've actually dropped, but that's not true anymore. Because we're about, we're about caught up with real life. It just seems like more because I think we did the first one, what, four times? Yeah, it's true. That's true. <laughs> it was so bad. And every time I have to record the opening about four times. Ugh. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Everyone bearing with us. Thank you very much, listeners. We made it past the introduction. Victory. I know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And so I'm sorry, everyone. I'm very tired. Readathon was this past weekend, recording on the 26th of July. And and uh, we both are just kind of loopy. So this You're, should be fun. Is this a book high? Is that what we would call I, this? I think so. It's the opposite of a book coma. <laughs> anyway, so tell us about the book news, Kendra. Yes, the book news. We all know what the book news is, and that is the... Oh, what is our theme this month? It is a new month. Oh, it is a new month. We forgot. Because it's not technically a new month yet for us. But it is. We're talking to the future. It's kind of cool. Creepy. Uh, Of course, it is Harry Potter month. And uh, we are... Yes. I am very excited. I would prefer to call Hermione Granger month, but... You know, you know, we'll just, we'll go with it. We'll get to talk about her next time because we're actually going to talk about the books, Harry Potter books next time. Uh, this time we're going to try to help you fill the Harry Potter void. Which is hard to do, we found out. Yeah, pretty much we can't do it, but we're going to give you books that just make you feel better and you'll we'll try to forget that there is a void warm, in your life. Warm, magical, fuzzy feelings. feelings. Yes. That's Ugh. what we're going for. Except for one, I mean, involves a necromancer and keeping the dead dead, but we won't, we, you know, we won't, spoilers. <laughs> that's to help, that goes with like the Death Eaters feeling, which you may or may not oh, have, but yes. You know. you know, if we had thought about this more, we could have like had characters that like each book, and so if you read all the books we recommend, we you'll have. like. <sighs> Why are all of our best ideas after the fact? I just really don't know. I think they're actually during when we're recording the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of Harry Potter, the news the eighth story is coming to you and your local bookstore or delivery service on the 31st of July, which of course is Harry Potter's 36th birthday. That's weird to think about. Yeah, it's hard to remember that he's, like, exactly 10 years older than me. Except for the, I mean, I was born in spring, he's born in summer, but that's kind of weird. I I don't know if I'm going to read the, well, I mean, it's a play, right? It's a play script, so it's more yeah. like reading Shakespeare, I guess. But um, I I think, <laughs> I, yeah, it is weird to think about. Uh, I'm just going to see if, uh, you want to fly to London and just see it? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Hey, sponsors. Send us a quarter. We uh, will record a podcast in your honor. In fact, we will we will dedicate the entire season to you um, if you fly us out there <laughs> and find us tickets because 
you know, it's like Hamilton. Tell your friends and their friends' friends. <laughs> so uh, basically, the entire news about the eighth book is, is it going to be any good? Um, of course, you, you can't get the full story without actually seeing it because the medium of theater, you're supposed to be there and you see all the extra stuff. But, um, you know, I've already read the plot of the play. You have? I haven't I ha- even done that. I Don't have. tell me. I went and looked it up. So, and I was right about something. I won't give anyone's. Well, I mean, it's like what? It's the third. People have read the book by now, right? Maybe not. You have to remember that I only finished Harry Potter like a year ago. It was two years ago. Because remember? It's your two year oh, anniversary. It was two years ago. It was two years ago. Yeah. Time flies. I'm a seasoned veteran now. Well, how many times have you read the books, though? Once. But my enthusiasm makes up for all the times that I haven't (laughs) read through them. We need to get you Ravenclaw paraphernalia. You should. Yeah, we're everyone, we're both Ravenclaws. I'm married to a Hufflepuff. What is Josh? I don't know. He's probably a Ravenclaw, too. You know what? I'm pretty sure he reminds me of Percy, honestly. (laughs) A little bit. Not so much anymore. But, like, the nerd quality. No, he's still a nerd. Like, Definitely yeah. Ravenclaw. Yeah. I have married Iran, so there's, there's no getting around that. <laughs> I keep I say Dylan, my corgi, is a Gryffindor, and there's no end of marital strife around if he's a Gryffindor or a Hufflepuff. But if Neville can be a Hufflepuff, I mean a Gryffindor, and not a Hufflepuff, then certainly Dylan is afraid of the vacuum. Which, by the way, everyone used to go and follow Dylan on Instagram because there's may or may not be cute Harry Potter puppy paraphernalia posted regularly. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Hey, you know. Yeah, Dylan got a Harry a Harry Potter collar and little tag that says, I'm a Patronus. It's, it's so cute. I spent too much money on it, but I don't care. It's his birthday. And he's adorable. Um, he doesn't really care that, um, you know, he's not really big into clothes and stuff. He does like his sweaters, but, you know, he's pretty, he's chill. He's so, adorable. He's so, adorable. yes, follow Dylan at Dylan of Winchester. Uh, all lowercase, no spaces. And you will see tons of corgi-ness in books and all kinds of fun things. And please tweet at us or contact us on Instagram or anywhere um, if you have, if you are purchasing or have read the eighth book, cause you would love, 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 love to get your feedback and hear what you think about it. Yes. Because that is, that is exciting to think about. I really wish I could see it, but I'm sure if someone eventually will record it and there'll be like a bootleg thing on no, Twitter. No, they'll have to bring it here. Twitter. They'll have to. I don't know. I, um... Should we should we put a bet down? <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to take it out of magical, the magical island of all things. Magicalness. Yeah, that's pretty much the UK. We'll see. Ti- My professor always called it the tiny little rock because she was always into French. She's a French history teacher, basically. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, you know, I think two of the books that I'm recommending today are set in England. I just think something's more magical about the UK it's because, because it's old. The history. Yeah, exactly. It's so old. 
anyway, we digress. Well, <laughs> yes. Moving on to our actual book recommendations. I think you're the first one? I am the first one. My first recommendation is The Night Circus by Ooh. Aaron Morgenstern. And along with The Goldfinch, this is one of the books that I say that I wish so badly that I could read for the first time again. It is, oh my goodness. Let me, let me just read the first line. The first sentence is, the circus arrives without warning. I mean, it's just a great line. The circus arrives without warning. Anyway, so it's about um, this girl and this boy and another boy. <laughs> love triangle. It's a love triangle. Surprise. And um, this magical circus. And I was actually thinking about this today. I don't really want to describe the plot because oh, because it's magical. I know that sounds silly, but the visual imagery is so vivid that if I close my eyes, I can still see parts of this book, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It is it is really good, and Jim Dale narrates this one, and that's oh, actually yes. how I found it, was because I was missing Jim Dale after listening to Harry Potter, and I found the audiobook, and I listened to a bunch of random audiobooks that he found, but this is by far the best. And the writing is really good. And this is a first novel for Aaron Morgenstern. It came out of um, the NaNoWriMo. 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 And um, I think she wrote the first 10,000 words then and then finished it up the next year. And she has a new book coming out soonish. I don't think a date's been released, but I know that she's definitely working on it. Yeah, so, she talks about it on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I think she actually just took a Twitter hiatus to finish it, if I remember correctly. Um, but this book is just full of like, it kind of has maybe like a steampunk feel and there's like, like all sorts of like amazing things. And, oh, it kind of reminds me of like Cirque du Soleil in a lot of ways, like just the beautiful, like over the top imagery. And then of course there's romance and magic and a surprise ending. And it's just definitely, definitely, definitely one of my favorites. Descriptions of the circus are really, really good. Like, that you just feel it. Like, you can see it yourself. And I'm like, how did she think of this? And I, I am afraid of clowns. It's one of, I just can't do them. But I love this book. So don't <laughs> be afraid if right. you normally don't like circuses. I don't, and that's why <laughs> I think it's more like Cirque du Soleil because I don't think there are clowns in here but there are like aerialists and all kinds of yeah just it's, stuff it's not like a carnival it's more like a circus show and feel yeah so and it's beautiful just read it just yeah. just read it sam read it he just finished it because he Did was he? yeah he actually re-listened to like the last hour of the harry potter audiobook of the last book and he was in this coma for like 24 hours. And it's the second time you've done, he's, he's read them, but it's only the, the first time he's done audio. So he's like, I need Jim Dale. And so he went and he listened to my circus. So see, this is the perfect way to get you out of your Harry Potter funk. Yes, it's a nice transitional book because then you could then move on to other stories. Jim Dale is just so wonderful. So that is the... Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern.
And my first pick is also magical, but it's actually for a lot younger audience than Harry Potter. So um, if you go on Goodreads, you're going to see a lot of nasty people like saying this is not Harry Potter. And the thing is, it's not, you know, but it's really cute. And it's like, I wouldn't let my kids, if they were like seven, read all of the Harry Potter books. But these are a lot safe. Their violence is like very much toned down, but there's still magic and it's still a school. So the entire premise is that Charlie Bone um, can hear portraits, right? And uh, he can talk to them. And he finds out he can enter the portrait and it's... Um, I'm trying not to give any spoilers. So, um, <laughs> And he ends up getting sent to this school and it's a school for drama art and music and what they do is all the kids who are these magical kids go there but they actually have no talent in the arts or maybe some of them do but whatever and they actually have like these magic quote-unquote lessons but their powers are sort of like x-men like you can be really strong that's what i was thinking right you know so and what happens is they're all descendants of what's called the red king so there's a how many books? Six, I think, seven, whatever. And through all, all of them, you know, um, you find out more about the Red King and his, the different children that he had. And, um, of course, Charlie Bone, you know, he makes friends and his, it's either his aunt or his grandma is really hilarious. Um, and what happens is he's so young that he only goes to school during the week and he goes home on the weekends. So, it's really cute, and I do the audiobooks for all of these, um, and I would recommend them for younger children before they get to Harry Potter, just to, like, stall them if you have to. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, it reminds me of a book I read... Well, uh, I don't know when I read it, but Picture the Dead, and I just that, ended up... That sounds fun. creepy. Well... No, I mean, it's still about ghosts and this girl who can talk to this picture of her brother or something like that. Anyway. And her brother's dead, I'm assuming. Yeah, he's dead. That's why it's called Picture the Dead. Well. Anyway, the book spoiler. is. Spoiler. <laughs> they put it in the title. They did. They did. Anyway. You know, publishers struggle with spoilers. They do sometimes in their book descriptions. This is one series I haven't read, but I know I should. Does it still have like a magical kind of world like Harry Potter? Like, why do people think it's not? Like, why are people so disparaging about it? Um, people are disparaging about it because it is written for a younger audience. So if you're an adult and you're reading it, it it's gonna seem flat because it has children's bite-sized like themes and concepts. It doesn't address anything big, and there's really plot-focused kind of things. But it is written for a, a child, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's like reading Percy Jackson and not putting on your junior high glasses, you know? Like, it's just not going to be the same. So, Makes sense. Yeah, you will struggle. So uh, that is Midnight for Charlie Bone by Jenny Nimmo. That brings us to Autumn's second pick. My second pick is Charmed Life by Diana Wynne-Jones. I love Diana Wynne-Jones. I know you do. I love Diana Wynne-Jones. And this is... So her other book that I read is Howl's Moving Castle. 
And so this is my second one. And this is probably also a young reader. Um, but at the same time, like, she uses words in here that I had to look up. Really? <laughs> yes. I was so surprised. Like, the vocabulary level is, like, pretty high. Anyway, um, so this is a story about Gwendolyn Chant and her brother, Cat. And they go, like, Gwendolyn is magical and Cat isn't. And they go to live with this... Uh, well, I, do they know he's a magician? I don't think they know he's a magician in the beginning. Maybe they do. They go to live I with this. Remember. I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, named Crestomancy, and they go to live with him in his castle, and all sorts of magical things happen once they get there, and it's it is not what I thought it would be. I was pleasantly surprised by the time I got to the end, but I just have to say, like. She is charming. Diana Wynne-Jones is just so charming. And she has a very distinctive voice. Like, it's the same kind of voice a little bit from Howl's Moving Castle. Just the way she words stuff and stuff just makes me happy. Like, she just really makes me happy. And it has, so it has, like, magical children and mayhem and stuff. And it's just great. It is amazing. She is great. And we're in the process of making Autumn a fantasy lover. So if you want to aid me in my quest of transforming her, uh, please send her your recommendations. That was a good pun, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, we are tired. Okay. So what's funny is that this series is kind of out of order, right? So she wrote it in one way. She recommends it reading it in another way, but chronologically it's a different way. So there is a debate on what order you're supposed to read the Crestomancy series. Um, I did her recommended way because I like to follow the author. (laughs) Don't hate me. Obey Diana. Obey Diana. (laughs) Yes. And so each, so one is about, um, so Crestomancy is a title um, and so it follows the original, uh, when he's like, when he's younger and then there's ones that are totally seem unrelated, but then the Crestomancy will appear in the story at some point. So you can really read them in any order and they all stand alone very well. And the entire series is great. It's fabulous. I, I really enjoyed this one. It, it, it was charming. No pun intended. It really was. I loved it. So that one was Charmed Life by Diana Wynne-Jones. And that brings me to my next one, which is the... Um, actually, I think this is our first book by a dude. Um, and we say by or about women, and this is about women. Um, and it's done very well. So thank you, Garth Nix. You qualify. Um, so Sabriel is a book that I read when I was a teenager, and it is amazing. And Sabriel is about, obviously, a girl named Sabriel, and her dad is the Aberson, which is a title. And he keeps the dead down. So basically, um, the kingdom, the old kingdom is what it's called, has been overrun by necromancers. And so um, because, like, these core stones are killed, they're called charter stones, and they're, like, cracked and whatever, and they don't protect the air, that particular area, 
from necromancers and undead creatures and so on and so forth. So the Aberson is the guy who basically goes around and, you know, puts the dead down. Self-explanatory. So Sabriel has been taken across the wall, which is an actual wall, from the Old Kingdom to Alastair, where she's been going to school and she's about to graduate and she's been training to be the next Aberson her entire life because it's by bloodline. Um, and her dad goes missing and this undead creature arrives and delivers her dad's bells, which he has necromancer, she has necromancer bells. We look up the cover. It's amazing. And um, the bells and uh, I think the sword, the Aberson's sword, and she knows that something has gone wrong. So her quest is she travels across the wall back to the old kingdom, which she's not familiar with because, as you remember, she was raised on the other side, and she has to fight the undead. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's not a school story like Harry Potter, but the world building is fantastic. Like, you learn the different gates of, uh, instead of the different gates of hell, it's the different uh, gates of, uh, like, the underworld area. So it's a river um, that takes you to the last gate. And so the farther you go through the gates, you know, the more evil the undead and so on and so forth. Is this a series too? Yeah, it's, yes. There's a trilogy and then there's a short story like collection of Garth Nix's. And then he just released a prequel and The Golden Hand is an actual sequel um, to the Aberson trilogy, which so I'm very excited about because um, the next book, Lyriel, deals with another girl. Um, and if I say anything else, like it's going to give away horrible spoilers. But, Don't um, do that. Yeah, so it's all about women, which is cool. Um, I mean, that's why we're talking about it, right? Exactly. I know. I was like, wait. But all of them, which is funny, but all of them are women. So, like, the prequel is about Clario, who is uh, in Sabriel as a different manifestation. Long story. Um, and, you know, all the main characters are girls. Throughout all of them, he didn't have to do that. So, No, it's super cool. These are very strong women who, and the relationships they have, there are guys in it, but they're not unbalanced you know, relationships, like they're very egalitarian and, uh, whatever. So that's really cool. Especially considering it's kind of set in a, the old kingdom is more medieval, but then like it's the early 1900s in Alistair ish. So that's really interesting. Um, my favorite character of course is Maggot, which is the white cat who's hilarious and sarcastic. <laughs> and it's narrated by Tim Curry. If you want to listen to the audiobook. Tim Curry has the most amazing voice, and he narrated part of the um, a series of unfortunate events. He narrated the abridged versions. Oh my goodness! And if y'all couldn't tell, fantasy is definitely Kendra's favorite place to park. That is the hub of my wheelhouse. It is not mine, but she's converting me. I'm slowly but surely. I have a list. We'll get there. So that was a uh, Sabriel by Garth Nix. So then my book is Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho. And oh my goodness. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or Litzy, you probably already read me gushing about this over the weekend. It is, it's, well, I mean, like, it follows the story of 
the sorcerer to the crown, who is Zacharias Wythe, but it doesn't exactly follow him. Um, I will add an air of intrigue there. Um, he meets this girl named Prunella, who has magic, and so it's set in, I kind of got ahead of myself, it's set in England, Regency England, and it's a world where only um, men are sorcerers, and so how I have been describing it is it's like Harry Potter meets David Mitchell meets like social justice issues because she ta- she tackles a lot of so this is not like YA at all um she tackles issues like race and gender and class and all at one time and not in a heavy-handed sort of way like I would have been really I wouldn't have appreciated it if it would have been like so obvious but she's a beautiful storyteller and I was so excited to read this I loved it this just came out last year she has a new one coming out this year next year I think next year this is not every year and it's just full of magic and like mystical creatures and intrigue and oh my goodness like I I loved it it's it's amazing and one of my favorite things about it is she since girls aren't allowed to use magic if they show magic they have to go to these schools and they're taught to like basically harm themselves to not use their powers and I think that's a good metaphor for how women were taught not to use their talents yeah because they're just supposed to be like you know doing needlework and speaking French and whatever um so I think that's a more obvious way for people to understand that that's not normal you know that's not right so oh definitely and I think there's a part where Prunella says and I think other people say it too throughout the book like well you're okay with women doing magic if they use it to like keep pots from boiling over or you know but not for actually helping the greater good so it's just this really great like I tore through this um I could like I could not put it down like I could not well actually I listened to the audiobook which is amazing and like I listened to it in one day and yeah I have to retitle this the listening women the listening women <laughs> I've traveled a lot this month so you know you're a nomad I'm, an, I'm a nomad so I've had to listen to a lot of books um, but I loved the characters in this, and I loved the magic in this, and I loved how non-traditional, like, I felt like the plot was. Oh, I just loved it. Just just go read it. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever read uh, Jonathan Stroud's Bartimaeus trilogy, it's it's it feels very similar. Uh, it has the whole uh, assisting spirits and, and whatever, which is cool. So. I loved it. It's just obviously so i'm gonna stop gushing now and say go and get sorcerer to the crown by zen cho and our last pick uh, my last pick whatever is the circle of magic quartet by tamara pierce yes now i talked about the tortal world uh in our first podcast but this one i'm going to talk about her younger series it's called The Circle of Magic, and it's set in a totally different universe. So she has two universes going at the same time, which is really cool. Um, but this one is, as I said, for a younger audience. And it has four characters. Um, 
uh, see if I can remember them all. It's Sandry, Daja, Briar, and Triss. And they all have what's called practical, like like practical magic. Um, I think there's a better official name in the series. But so like Sandry, when she sews, she can use her magic. And Briar is good with plants. And Daja is a blacksmith's apprentice. And Triss is weather. So I think natural, natural magic, whatever. Anyway, point being is that... Um, they use their magic and then they go to this school, this like magic school, and they use their like practicalish whatever magic, and then they end up accidentally mixing their magics. And so they have to be taught how to work with each other, and they're basically bonded forever because of this happens. And then the next quartet is when they're older. Definitely YA. Um, it's really weird. Because you're like having these little kids, you know, and then all of a sudden there's this giant jump of like what, I don't know, almost seven years. I'm not getting that right, but a significant amount of time that they're older, you know, what is it like four, 14 and then the next whatever. Point being, you get a culture shock because it's like you read Harry Potter and he's like, you know, 11. And then if you like skip to the end book, you'd probably be like, what is going on? But anyway. So she's writing these, and there's actually, she's still publishing them. Um, after the circle opens, it is the circle reforged, which is another, like, it's not necessarily a quartet, but whatever. Anyway, so there's a lot of them, if you want to keep reading. And I didn't read read a ton as a kid. I listened, um, but I read these, and then I listened to them, and then I kept listening to them, because they're done by full cast audio. Um, which is run by Bruce Coville, who did the the Unicorns Quartet. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's going to come to me later. We will put it in the show notes when you remember it. But he did. But he produces a lot of these, and he's usually like a narrator and and whatever. So anyway, uh, amazing audiobooks. The magic and world building is great. Highly recommend them. After my rambling. And that's the Circle of Magic Quartet <laughs> and Roar by Tamara Pierce. Oh. It's a struggle. It's okay. You're allowed. This is a safe place where you can be yourself. Great. Small story here. I might, you know, end up cutting this out. But so I, they, I, all the covers have to match. And when I finally discovered these, they were on their second editions. So they were actually in the process of updating the covers. So the last book of the second quartet of the circle opens, like, I couldn't find the right cover. I ordered it twice offline, and this was back, like, you know, when ordering offline was a bigger deal and whatever. So I finally found it. A few months ago, I get this corgi, and it happens to be that this is on his level. So I come and I find the dog has chewed off. A dire corner of this book I looked for for over a year. Dylan! Oh my goodness. I was... Oh. The things we do for our children. I tell Good you thing what. Good thing he's cute. I know. Or we would have had words. <sighs> oh. That, that yeah. child. He loves to chew paper. I should have known. You should have known. The irony. Well, of course he loves paper. He is your child. It's true. It's true. It's and he true. loves his schedules. He is your child. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all of our recommendations. 
and as we mentioned, we will have links to all those in our show notes. So if you missed a title or an author, just go to our website, uh, readingwomenpodcast.com, and you can just click on the links to find out more. Yes. And before we go, we have new books. So um, I did not really find any that I particularly wanted of note besides the eighth story. So I read a book uh, a couple days ago in my post-readathon readathon, because um, we all know hosts don't read during readathon. Um, I read Shelter um, by Zhang Yun, and it is an amazing book. I can't even describe so didn't you describe it to me as like an asian version of salvage the bones it's sort of like you walk away with a similar feeling because it's equally dark and terrible like you read salvage the bones and it's so hard to read um and shelters a very similar way totally different people plot class everything so um this guy's korean i mean his wife is white and so he tried to get away from his parents because of a past history of abuse. His dad would hit his mom, um, and it was just, it was violent. And so he tried to get away from them, and he has this chip on his shoulder, and um, his wife and he eventually get in financial trouble. So they're trying to sell their house, and they're there with the realtor, and his mom and dad who live up the road, which he's not happy about, but he never sees them on purpose, um, his mom comes running through the backyard naked and obviously abused. Like she has bruises all over her and everything and uh, they don't know what's going on and they find out that, you know, a lot of violence has gone up uh, at the house where his mom lives with his dad and stuff. And I'm going to stop there so I won't give away any spoilers, but eventually his parents, he has to live with his parents and he has to come to terms with his past and his present and what decisions he's going to make for his future. It sounds really good. It is amazing. Um, I w- almost quit on it in the beginning because I was like, what is, you know, I don't, I don't get this book. But then I stuck with it and I'm very glad I did because I, once it clicked what she was doing with it, I was just in awe. Like, you don't see it. And that's kind of the point, which is why I can't say anything else. I'll ruin it for everyone. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop now. Um, but that is Shelter by Jung Yun. So I think, I think that's actually it for this podcast. So, Oh, um, I'm sure we could find more to talk about, but you know, we'll save that for another podcast. We we do need to talk about how (laughs) awesome Book of the Month is. Um, yes. So Book of the Month, if you didn't know, is a monthly subscription service and you get to pick from one of five books picked by, uh, very, very bookish people, and they mail it to your house, usually with some sort of, like, small goodie, like, this month it was a straw. Sounds stupid, but it actually is really cool, because it's, like, a book of the month straw, and it's, like, your childhood when they had the curly plastic straws, and they sent ring pops last month. It was amazing. And there was a postcard another month. Oh, yeah. Which which you could frame. It was that, it was, like, a book cover-based book, whatever. Anyway. I'm sure you guys, if you're listening to it, have seen it on Litzy and Instagram. Um, So they're really cool. And they have a lot of different selections. There's usually like a thriller and um, a more female-driven one. And then 
a lot of there's at least one nonfiction pick, and so there's a wide variety. Uh, so you can find something in your real house that you enjoy. And if you don't, you can skip a month and they just extend your subscription. And then if you like all of the books, then you can buy up to two extra books a month for $9.99 a piece. And these are like hardback, nice. They're very nice. Nice books. Like you you can't really get get better you can't. than that price. Like, it's magical. It is. And besides, book mail is just so much fun. Yes. <laughs> and like knowing it comes every month. It's, it's, a m- it, it's great. So if you go to our website, you can see a little banner on the side. Um, for the summer, it was like 30% off a three-month subscription. Um, they are about to send us the next uh coupon code so we'll have that there for you to look at um and if you sign up using our link you help you us and you get cool books in the process it's amazing yes. it's a win-win win-win well i think that's the end of our show um you can join us next time where we will talk more about harry potter um specifically about hermione and some of the things going on in the books so we are super stoked to talk about that you can also find us on um, Twitter and Instagram and Litzy at Autumn Privet and Katie Winchester. And don't forget, please review us in the iTunes store or on Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out um, and it lets us know just that you appreciate us and that you're listening. Until next time, uh, thanks for listening to the Reading Women podcast. See you guys later. Bye.